Christmas. Wow, what an amazing way for God to fulfill the promises that he made all through the Old Testament and the things that were there. What an astounding means of confirmation in the things that are there. So profound that philosophers and religionists still debate to this day whether it was even possible that it could happen the way that it happened, and yet so simple that children can understand it and relate to it and respond to the wonder of what it is as we look together and understand something of it as what we go on. You know, as, as I grow older, I, I become more and more fond of the, story, of the song. I love to tell the story, especially that part that talks about it seems more true each time that I hear it. You know, for a lot of people, Christmas is just old hat. We, it comes around every year, and we go through the same things. We do the same things. Even in church, we do the same things. We, we light Advent candles. We have Advent things. We, we do the songs that we do all the time. It's just the same old, same old every year, and what we do it is for some people, they lose that, but not me, not for me. It's so amazing to me that God would put himself in the form of a baby and enter into the womb of a woman, go through the process cell by cell, developing into a child, be born just like you and I, all for the purpose of dying on a cross for my sin. That's what Christmas, you, you can never separate Christmas from the, from the cross. You can never take away Easter from Christmas because without the cross, the cradle means nothing. And of course, without the cradle, there would have never been a cross. They can't be separated. They have to be seen together. I stay perplexed and puzzled by the fact that so many people are so caught up in the temporary toys of this world that they lose the sacredness and the wonder of what Christmas is about. It's not so hard to understand for those who don't know Christ. I mean, it's obvious if they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if they don't really know who he is, that they wouldn't understand the significance and the meaning and all that goes with it. But for those of us who know Christ, who have an experience with Christ, who have professed him as Lord and Savior of our life, for us to let ourselves be caught up with the things in the secular, overshadowing the sacred, let ourselves be caught up with the ways of the world and miss the things of God is just something that I don't understand. I confess, I struggle with that year in and year out, how God's people can make so little of Christmas, can take it so lightly, can just go through it as though it's just another thing that goes through life and we just move on past the calendar and keep on with no changes in our lives and no changes in our hearts and nothing going on and being a part of it as we look together. There was a little boy whose dad traveled a great deal. He was gone most of the time. And he was standing in the hallway where there were a number of pictures hanging on the wall and just looking at the picture of his dad there on the wall. And his mother came up to him and asked him what he was thinking about. And he just said, I just wish dad could come out of that frame and be with us. Folks, that's what Christmas is. God came out of the frame of heaven, out of glory, and came into our presence and dwelt among us that we might have an experience with him, to be a part with him, to know him. That's one of the names that we go by, and I want to just spend a little time talking with you about this morning, Emmanuel, God with us. Can you imagine that God himself, the creator of the universe, chose to come and dwell here with you and with me upon this earth to live out his life in such a way that he could teach us the things of God that we needed to know. He could provide for us the salvation that was necessary if we were ever going to be right with God, if we were ever going to know that heaven could be certainly our home. We needed a Savior, and that's what it's about. And so I'm going to read a couple of verses this morning, one out of Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, and one out of Matthew chapter 1. 
verse 23, basically talking about the same thing, this term, Emmanuel. And then I want to talk about it just a few moments with you this morning as we look at it. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word and allow it to speak to our hearts. First of all, in Isaiah chapter 7, in verse 14, the Scripture says, Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call His name Emmanuel. And then in chapter 1 of Matthew, in verse 23, the scripture says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. The fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah we find in Matthew. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, I know it's so easy to get caught up in, in the things of life and to miss the wonder of who you are. And it's so easy to go through the season of Christmas without really thinking about all that it means because we've done it so all of our lives. It's been a part of every year. It's something that we look at, we see, and each church may do it a little different. Each family may do it a little bit different, but it's just the same habits and the same traditions. And, and we go through it and we don't ever pause and really think about who you are and what you've done for us. And I just pray this morning, Father, that you would help me to be overwhelmed with the reality of Emmanuel, God with us. The fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old Testament, the hope of all of life, Emmanuel, God with us. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning in a very special way, in Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. You know, as we look at that understanding of Emmanuel, one of the things that stands out as we look at it is that, that word that God with us, the understanding of the term itself, God with us. Can you think about that for a moment? God who created everything that is, God, the one who is above and beyond all things, that nothing can be compared to, this God, very God, came and dwelt among us. He lived here. He became a part of all that we were, we were as we came and dwelt here. He allowed himself to be known, to be seen, to be understood and experienced in life. He came to dwell with all that we are and everything that is. Christmas was there before the foundation of the earth, according to Scripture. And it came to being in a time in history in which you and I celebrate year in and year out. The wonder that God revealed himself. But think more about that. Emmanuel, not just that God with us, but God, that God's revelation. Zoroaster, a, a philosopher in 600 B.C., said if God is ever going to be known, he has to reveal himself in human form. He has to show himself in some way. 200 years later, Socrates said for us to be able to experience God, for us to be able to ever know who he is or have any kind of relationship with him, there's going to have to be some way in which he reveals himself, some way in which he makes himself known and dwells among us. And certainly that took place in Jesus Christ when he came and he dwelt among us and, and revealed God to us. See, he reveals to us God as he is and he reveals to us man as God intended for us to be. When we look at Jesus Christ, we see what God had in plan for us. When we see Jesus, we understand the kind of people that we're supposed to be. When we see Jesus, we know how we're supposed to live our lives. He is what man was intended to be before we allowed sin to take over our hearts and our lives and our minds. And we distorted all that God planned and all that God created in us became wrecked by our sin and the things that were there. He came to reveal that and to help us to see God. 
to help us to know the God that's there, not just some God up yonder in the universe that, that we pray to or that we deny or believe in, whichever our choice may be, but he is the God who came and revealed himself to us. How did he do that? Well, he showed us him how God is, the character of God, the heart of God, the mercy of God, and all that he was going on as he walked through life and as he lived among the people that was there. We see him as he talks about the fact, as he looked out across the fields of the people and he saw them and his heart was broken. He talked about how they were people like sheep without a shepherd who so desperately needed someone to care for them and to meet the needs of their lives and to give direction and purpose to their hearts. We see it when he's on the boat in the storm and he speaks to the storm and says, peace be still and even the waves and the storms pause and remind obey who he is as we see the mighty might of the God who, who dwells among us and being a part of it we see him when he touches the leper that no one else will have anything to do and takes away that dread disease from his life cleanses him and restores him to his family and to his community instead of being one who is ostracized and set apart and never being able to touch or be around people so much even like today in the COVID so much that we're restricted from the personal things that we so desperately need and yet he comes into the heart and he touches our lives and he reminds us that he is a personal God who touches us where we are no matter what is going on in our life no matter what kind of person we may be he loves us and gives himself to us and, and touches our lives we see it when he bows, gets down on his knees and washes the feet of his disciples and says to us that God is a God of service, a God of love, a God who humbles himself and becomes a servant among us that we might know how to live our lives, that we might understand that we ourselves are supposed to be servant people who teach in love and minister to one another in the ways that he's demonstrated to us. We see it over and over again as he touches lives, as he sets people free from the demons that possess them, as he gives them hope to walk, to see, to feel, to touch, to hear, to speak over and over again. The touch of God that makes such an impact upon people's lives. God came to reveal himself to us and to help us to see him and to know him. That's what Emmanuel is when it talks about Emmanuel, when we sing the songs, when we hear about it. God with us. You need to pause. You need to reflect. You need to understand that God with us. You say, well, that happened a long time ago. Well, it happened the very moment that you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says in that moment, the Spirit of the living God came to dwell in your heart. And you were born of spirit. You were born of God. And God himself, who dwelt in the form of a human being on earth for a time so many years ago, that same God, that very, very same God, now dwells within you and dwells within me. He has taken up his abode within us, and he never will leave us. He'll never be separated from us in any way, according to the scripture that is there. We need to understand that God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. What an amazing promise. What a great reality that you and I have together to know and to understand and to be able to accept and believe with everything that we are that God cares so much for us that not only did he visit the earth so many years ago, but he chose to visit me. He came into my life. He chose to enter there and to dwell there and to be with me wherever I go and in whatever I do and whatever I'm experiencing. God with us. What an amazing promise. What a great truth for us to have and to understand as we look at that and as we come back to that. But Emmanuel is not only God with us and God revealing to us, but the word Emmanuel reminds us of reconciliation. Let me read a passage out of Isaiah again. Chapter 59 and verse 2. 
says, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you that he does not hear. Our sins separated us from our God. Our sins put us in a position that we can call on God if we don't know him as Lord and Savior. The lost world can call on God. They can say, I pray to God all the time. But God does not hear because sin has separated It is only when we call upon Him as Lord and Savior and invite Him into our life that He hears and He enters in and we become His children. Then He hears every word and every moment, every heartbeat of all that's in our lives. But we've been separated. But see, Emmanuel is God coming to span the gap that you and I couldn't deal with ourselves. We were separated by our sin. We were taken away from the presence of the Lord God because we had sin in our life. But Emmanuel means that God came to do something for you and to do something for me that could restore us into a right relationship with God, to restore us into the awareness of His presence in our life, restore us into the joy of the gift of God in our hearts and all that's going on. We have found reconciliation because of what God did in us and we see. Emmanuel means that God has has done what needed to be done for us to be right with him. See, he didn't need to be reconciled to us. He didn't do anything wrong. We were the ones who sinned. We were the ones who turned our back on God. We were the ones who said we don't need him. And unfortunately still do too many times in our lives. We try to live as though he doesn't matter. As though it doesn't matter in our lives whether we treat God with respect, whether we love him, whether we honor him, whether we serve him. We just live as though he doesn't exist. There needs to be a reconciliation we couldn't do anything to reconcile ourselves before God because nothing we had to offer was acceptable. Nothing that we could do would ever be pleasing unto Him. But the Bible says that God so loved us that He came in Jesus Christ and reconciled us to Himself. He did what was necessary to be able to come into our lives. And so what you and I know when we come to Christmas, we're reminded, you see, that Christmas is a reminder that love changes things. But more importantly than that, Christmas is a reminder that love changes people. That it makes a difference in our hearts, in our lives, as who we are and what kind of lives that we live. It's an amazing thing. It reminds us, Emmanuel with us teaches us that we no longer have to bear the guilt of our sin. It reminds us that we no longer have to fear the judgment of God in our lives. It reminds us that we never, ever will be condemned by God because we have accepted that gift that He gave to us when He wrapped Himself up as a babe in order that He might one day go to a cross and wrap us up in His righteousness that we might have everlasting life. So that's the great gift of Christmas every year is the reminder that you and I have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ and that now we bear the mark of His life upon us and that we are His children and that we forever and ever and ever have been forgiven and reconciled. And as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can you imagine? What a great Christmas gift. I never, ever have to fear standing before the Lord God in judgment. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Everybody's going to be there. No one, no exceptions. Regardless of what your belief is, what your thought is, if you don't even think there is such a thing as a God, it doesn't matter. You will stand before Him one day in judgment. But for those who are in Christ... There will not be a judgment of condemnation. There will not be a judgment that says, you flee from me, depart from me, I never knew you. But rather it will be, welcome home, my child. Because he took the condemnation upon himself. He was condemned by God. 
See, when he came as the babe, he came knowing that there would be a moment in time in his life in which he would have to bear the judgment of his father, the holy wrath of God against all sin, that he would have to take that upon himself. In fact, the Bible says he literally became sin, that God could judge that sin, that we might be forgiven and never, ever have to fear standing in the presence of a holy God. We'll not stand there in our righteousness because we have none. We'll not stand there because we're members of a church. We'll not stand there because we tried to live a good life. We'll not stand there because we were good citizens of the community. We'll stand there because we have a Savior who chose to come and be born among us. Emmanuel, God with us. In order that we might be able to know beyond any doubt that God so loved me, that God so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, wouldn't ever face the judgment of God, would never be condemned, but rather would have eternal life. What a gift. We think about all the gifts that we share, and we never think about giving God a gift. But what a gift he gave you, and what a gift he gave me. Forgiveness, hope, life, life eternal, life abundant, life in the fullest measure that it could be experienced when we live it under his leadership and under his authority in our lives. What a great, great promise it is to know Emmanuel. To know that God loves you and God loves me enough. I love Christmas. I love to think about it. I, I, I just, I can't get enough of the idea that God did what he did for me. I know some people that I could say, you know, I'm not surprised that God would do something like that. They're, they're really great people. They're special. And I can imagine God wanting to do something for them. But I can't imagine that he would do it for me. That he could love me that much. That he could love you that much. See, that's what Christmas is. It's God loving you. It's God wanting to touch your life. It's God wanting to change your life. It's God wanting to fill your life. To make a difference in all that you are and all that you do. To give you the abundance and the wonder of life that we so often miss because we try to live it within the means of our own understanding and our own abilities instead of within the realm of God with us, in us, a part of who we are. Emmanuel, God with us. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we come to these moments of an invitation time, we're going to just, I just pray that we'll think about it, that you're with us. You promised by the power of your spirit to dwell within us, each of us. And, and you said when we gather in your name, genuinely in your name, for your purposes, there you are in the midst of us. And so even now, Father, we know individually, those of us who know you as Lord and Savior, that you're in our hearts, you're in our lives, you're right here. And we know collectively that you've chosen to gather together with us that we might have the opportunity of worship and that we might have the privilege to be with one another in fellowship teaching and discipleship and growing and loving and serving. But God, we so 
often get caught up. And even as we think about it, these coming days, when we get in the rush of all the things that we have to do to get ready for Christmas, so many of us, in the midst of it, will miss Christmas. Some of us have missed Christmas for so many years we don't even have an idea what Christmas really is. Oh, we've gone through the motions, we've gathered together, we've had the meals, we've opened the presents, but we've never had a Christmas because we've never allowed ourselves to just dwell on the reality that God himself is with us. So, Father, I pray that if there's anyone in this room this morning or anyone listening in, viewing in, that has never truly put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and trusted Him as Lord and Savior of their life, that somehow this morning by Your Spirit that You would help them to see that reality, that truth, and that they would yield their hearts to You and just accept that gift that's eternal, that gift that is so personal that it makes a difference in each person's life forever and trust You as their Savior. Father, I pray that You would help us, each of us prepare, help me prepare, and get our minds in the right frame so that we don't get so caught up in the busyness of Christmas over these next weeks that when Christmas comes and goes, we'll not know that it made any difference at all. It'll just be life as usual, everything the same as it's always been. But let us have an encounter, God, an impersonal encounter with you in these days. Meet us in the busyness of our life. Meet us in the times that we're shopping. Meet us in the times that we're preparing. Meet us in the times that are things going on. And Father, for those who of us who may find ourselves in, in a difficult time at Christmas because it, it reminds us of a lost loved one or it's a time of loneliness, it's a time of heartache for us because of difficulties in our life. Father, shatter that in our lives and, and come into that loneliness and, and be so real to us that we understand that we can never be alone. Because we have a Savior, God with us, who is among us always. Father, in these moments of invitation, whatever it is that you desire to happen in each of our hearts, I just pray that we'll be willing to respond to you and, and let you be the one who directs our paths. If we have to make some form of a public response to you, if we need to trust Christ, if we need to do something about becoming a faithful part of a church family, if we need to just ask for a new commitment of our lives, whatever it may be, Father, in these moments, your moments, it's your invitation. We don't have anything to invite people to, but you invite us to you. So in these moments, may your will be done. I pray in Christ's name. Amen.